Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to Legally Sound Smart Business. This is Nasser Pasha. And this is Matt. Welcome to... <laughs> oh. I forgot Matt uh, Staub is here. Yeah, Matt Staub is also here. Um, it's apparently, yeah. apparently a one-person show this week. <laughs> so, so welcome to episode number 55, where we cover business in the news and also put in our legal twists and also answer some of your business legal questions that you, the listener, sends to ask at Legally Sound Smart Business. Dot com. And apparently we allow the co-host to talk at times, uh, but not always. <laughs> well, I just wanted to try it out to see like if it was just, you know, legally sound smart business with Nasser Pasha and then that's it. I just wanted to see it. It has nothing to do with you. I just, you know, just experimenting. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, tying in some more equality issues, I guess. This is pretty big news that's out there. So I guess... Elon Musk, I think that's how you pronounce his name, the guy involved who's involved with PayPal before, now of Tesla, amongst other companies, has come out and said, you know what? We have hundreds of patents of Tesla, but we're just going to not go after anyone that you know wants to infringe on our patents. We're opening up everything. If someone wants to copy what we do, we do it at such a great, efficient rate that it doesn't matter and... That's that. You know, this is pretty much the exact opposite of what we've seen, you know, in the last decade with patent trolls and all that. Well, he, he's definitely somebody that just tries to do things differently to his advantage, of course. I mean, people could say that this is a, a move against the pull patent system in itself, but I think the key here is that, from what I'm reading, is that this may be a move to get his technology on a wider scale. I mean, he's talking to BMW right now to get them to share the costs in developing these charging stations, right? What I found interesting is that it wasn't specified, at least any of the media released, how he's going to actually allow people to do this. Because there are ways to basically cede your rights to patents through the patent office. They have some kind of procedure for that. But I don't know if he's going to do that because that's kind of permanent. Or is he going to kind of make this an open source deal where you have specific licenses and there's a lot of number of ways that he can do it. It just depends upon how much he wants to control it. Yeah, and I thought about that as well. And what he kind of said was, Tesla will not initiate patent lawsuits against anyone who in good faith wants to use our technology. So I don't know if people are going to be taking his word for it, because it's still a little bit risky if that's, yeah, if that's the case. Exactly. That's not very... You'd want something in writing, because what if he changes his mind? Is that something you can rely upon legally? I think that's a little uncertain. But my assumption is, is that... This is recent news, and as time goes along, we'll figure out exactly what his intentions are and how he wants to uh, release this technology. Yeah, and I think you're right as well. It's not the Tesla's doing all right, but it has a very small percent of the market. So maybe this is going to open things up and make things even better for Tesla, even though it's kind of you know helping out all your competitors. I mean, it is helping out your competitors in theory. Yeah, I think there's a reason why you have all these car dealerships all on the same road um, in many different cities, right? It's because even if it's competition, it helps in their sales because, okay, everyone, let's go to that location and shop around for cars. And it actually helps themselves. So I think it's kind of in the same area. If you have more vehicles on the market with the same technology, and I think it's going to help Tesla because, they, like you said, it still has a very small market. And they have their own legal challenges too. I don't know if we've addressed that in the past with some states requiring them to actually have a dealership instead of going directly through 
to the consumer. Yeah, I went car shopping for the first time in forever a few weeks ago, and I did find it interesting. You go to these dealerships that are one specific brand or make, I guess, and they'll randomly just have other cars there from other competitors that are right next door. I just thought that was funny. I, you know, it's probably trade-in situations, but. It's like, oh, we yeah. have like all these uh, BMWs, but we don't have, and we have these like random, you know, Audis or whatever, you know, whatever's there or just like, you know, a Ford dealership with all these cars and then like, you know, a really different car that's randomly inserted in here. I, I don't know why someone would go to a dealership for a different type of car. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. Question of the day. Question of the day. Our salespeople get company cell phones that are for work use only. One of our recently fired employees wants the pictures on their phone. Do I have to give it to them? And this is from someone in San Francisco. Okay, California. You know, California has some stricter privacy laws than other states. But I think this is a tough one because from an employer perspective, when you give a company cell phone, you have to have certain policies for them, or at least you should. And really, you should contemplate this issue at the end of your termination or whatever, because these company cell phones may have proprietary data or confidential data. And and a lot of times what we do is we collect them and, and wipe the data. But if you don't have that policy in there and that salesperson wants some personal stuff on that phone and wasn't really discussed whether you can use that for personal data or not, then there may be some overriding privacy issues from the state's perspective that may come into play. Yeah. And I think in this situation, the employer would be, you know, assuming that they did have this policy in place and the employee agreed to it, you know, they're going to be more protected. But there's also stories out there of employers just wiping, <laughs> wiping cell phones of, you know, personal cell phones that had all personal data on it. Because I guess employees had agreed to the term, you know, when something pops up and no one reads the terms and conditions except you and I. But everyone else, they pops up and they just hey, I agree. But you, you know, if you're agreeing to have everything wiped out on your own personal phone, that's just that's kind of crazy. Absolutely, and this kind of goes to everything that you're keeping on the cell phone, especially for your job, whether it's secure and all those communications and so forth. And I'm sure there's programs that do that as well. Employees just need to send things through CyberDust. That way, they know that they're getting deleted after 30 seconds. You can send texts, pictures, videos, what have you. So then they don't even have to worry about it. Oh yeah. Is that Mark Cuban's company? Or uh, yeah. That's CyberDust again? Yeah, he's definitely involved in it. I don't know how much, but I see him talking about it all the time. So, And those are important things. And I think if you actually have the policy down and in combination with those security procedures, then you'll be covered. But at the same time, if they want pictures on the cell phone, is it that big of a deal to just give it to them <laughs> you know, or go through that process? Yeah, I agree completely. If it's a work-issued phone... And, you know, it's supposed to be for work purposes, you know, technically the employer's probably fine. But yeah, if they just want pictures that are on there, then, you know, there's no harm in that unless pictures are of, you know, confidential documents from the company. So <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't specify that. We assume they're personal pictures and not hopefully not too personal. Yeah. But okay. Well, we answered that question. San Francisco company. I think that's the first question we actually answered. <laughs> yeah. It only took 55 episodes, which is conveniently my favorite number, so maybe that's why. 55? It takes forever just to count to 55. Yeah, double nickels. And that's your favorite number? Double nickel. Double nickels. I think that's 10 double nickels, but you know, I'm not a mathematician. <laughs> that's one nickel plus one nickel, but all right, that's, that's fine. <laughs> 
Or I guess you say you lay two nickels next to each other, and then yeah, that looks like fifty-five. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Yep. Keep it sound and keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.